Soma Podcast is a space where we unravel energy layers that reside beneath mainstreams through engagement with people and practitioners. At its core, finding settlement and exploring understanding in order to duly aid us in creating more aligned physical and non-physical spaces. I am so blessed to realise the strength that making space and acknowledging self can give, as well as how grounded in authenticity and comfort energetic self-discovery can be. This podcast is for building your own environment and energetic solace with the help of explorative conversational enrichment. Welcome, Georgia, Spain, to Soma Podcast. It's really amazing to have you here. And I'm excited to get into talking art and amazing, probably, other things with you too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Georgia is a visual artist and musician living and working in Sanford, Tasmania. She graduated from the Victorian College of Arts in painting and has exhibited her work in various group and solo exhibitions. Her current studio practice is focused primarily on figurative painting and she takes particular interest in human behaviour and using narrative to explore the cultural, political and personal. Her work explores ideas around human spectacle, theatricality, relationship, ritual, and ceremony. She will be exhibiting some of her most recent works at Egg and Dart, physical studio space. How have you been? <laughs> I guess. I've been good, mm. you know, just rolling along, really. Yeah, that's with, fair. With life. With life um, things. In some ways, just continuing on as per usual. Painting lots, which is good. A few weeks ago, finished my recent show so that's been sent up to sydney the rule and it's actually going to be open i think by appointment but maybe potentially to the public oh that's so next exciting. week so i'm wanting to start off the podcast with mm-hmm. a question what environment or how would you describe the environment that you grew up in and that cultivated your craft and where you are now well I feel like I've been very lucky that I've had a very nurturing upbringing in the sense that I've always been encouraged to express myself creatively, which is a real privilege and blessing, really. Both my parents work in the arts, my dad's an artist as well, so that's what I've always done. Made art and expressed myself in that way, but in terms of environment, I suppose I've moved around quite a lot. I was born in England and then spent most of my childhood in Ireland, on the west coast of Ireland. Beautiful, green, Mm. wild place. Oh, God, that's crazy. That's so cool. I've always wanted to go to Ireland and, yeah, I see pictures and it just looks so beautiful. So Yeah, it's it's a very, like, there's something quite magical I love about Ireland. Mm. I was back there a few years ago, but I'd like to go and spend some proper time back there. How long did you spend in your childhood in Ireland? Till I was nine. And did so you... it was, like, formative years. I don't know how much that plays into who I am or, like, what I do now, really, mm. but I feel like there's something in the air in Ireland. It's probably the air itself. It's probably quite fresh and amazing and and salty, I I would imagine. Did you say the coast? Well, yeah, on the coast. Mm, mm. Not like directly by the water. In that general area. That's so cool. And what type of art does your dad do? My dad is a printmaker by training, but he kind of... Both my parents have been very involved in like community arts projects their whole careers mm. and my mum's set up a lot of like publishing books for kids by kids. Mm. 
yeah, my dad's done a lot of like just community engaged work. That's kind of his thing. He just did a PhD on creative spaces. I am really fascinated by, obviously that's what we kind of look at here at SOMA as well, like community engagement and how community affects us and and all Mm. that sort of stuff. And I think by looking at your art and hearing a few of the things that inform it typically, like I think your art is pretty influenced by community as well, or at least what's happening socially in a social scale. Well, I think like recently the last few years I've been very much responding to what's going on in the world or trying to find a way at least to be like all these things I care about in the world, all these things happening, like how can they go into my practice? I don't know if it's always subtle, but like I don't think my work's like overtly political or anything. No, it's not. not it's but not it's a direct comment on things, but I'm still trying to find ways for it to like feed in my social and political ideas to feed into the paintings. Yeah. And I feel like it definitely does. And you definitely see that, especially once you break it down as well. How do you think about that? Like, how do you think about integrating it softly or in small ways in your painting? I guess like a lot of it is subconscious or like I don't feel like I ever am like cool I'm gonna make a body of work that's like about gender or like I'm not trying to tackle things that I care about directly. I guess if I'm reading something about gender politics or whatever it might feed into the way I start thinking about like who I'm painting in my paintings like who are these people? Are they male? Are they female? Are they non-specific genders? Like, I don't know. I guess it just subtly feeds in. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that really answered the question. It's just kind of a part of you. Like, it's just kind of assimilated yeah. and is integrated in your world and in the way that you think so much so that it comes out into your art, yeah, would you say? Yeah, I suppose it's just like inevitable. What I'm soaking up culturally is going to be sent back out in what I put out, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. How did you get into caring so deeply about social things? I feel like I'm quite a, I guess everyone says this in some way, but I feel like I'm a highly empathetic person where everything I watch, I'm like, <laughs> anything sad, I'll be crying. Mm. I feel quite connected to other people's pain or sorrow or I think I take it on. So I guess that empathetic part of me makes me feel like I should be always striving to care about others. Yeah, that's really cool. It's also totally overwhelming the amount of causes there are in the world to care about. It's hard to put your focus and energy into one thing often. I wouldn't say that you necessarily put your energy into one cause looking at Mm. your art I think yeah you try and look at a vast range of things and stuff like that what are some mechanisms that you use to kind of not necessarily distance yourself but like remind yourself that there's like a threshold just to kind of ground you and not get too overwhelmed by all the stuff that's going on in my everyday life yeah I'd say at the moment particularly I'm just like really trying to avoid reading the news Mm, me and, too. And <laughs> even though it's like always a constant thing of like, well, I've got to stay informed. What about that thing that I care about? And I can't just abandon it because I'm in this lovely bubble where I don't have to think about it. But for your own self-preservation, sometimes it's easier just to switch off from it and focus on the things that are good. Everyday things. Mm, yeah, that's so fair. And so when you say like everyday things, do you have like a routine or do you have aspects of that that you like kind of integrated or put in that are really like key to that 
Well, I suppose the like less time I spend on social media or on looking at the news, the more time I tend to spend doing other really nice, productive, nurturing things like gardening and yeah. cooking lots and like I don't know, all those things I guess feel very grounding at the moment. And that feels like something you can be in control of. You can choose what to eat, you can choose when to eat it, you can choose how much time you want to spend. Yeah. <laughs> Doing those or investing time in like just those really simple and autonomous things you know and making yeah. the most of what you can control that's so important and also spending less time on social media goodness me that's like yeah. massive and news as well too I feel like there's heaps of pressure to consume especially when it comes to talking about social things and justice and equality and stuff like that there's this pressure to be like I must know what's going on at all points in time. I must know every angle of every story. Mm, But it's actually at your expense. And I think the thing that people forget a lot of the time is that you know what you're about, what you want and what you like and what you don't like. And that is the same. That carries through to your political stance and your social perspective. And so why do you feel or why do we feel this innate pressure to, yeah, to keep putting that pressure to keep applying that pressure as if you're not informed stop it will go away yeah you won't care anymore yeah exactly when you do tune in to like news and media and stuff like that what do you listen to well, I've been listening to lots of podcasts. Mm, me too. I've been listening to On Being a lot. Yes. Love it. Yeah. I always, like, get a nice, warm feeling me listening too. to that. But I just find myself, like, crying all the time. It's like, <gasps> True. Oh, I just want to be a better person. <laughs> like, <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I've been listening to that and other podcasts. There's a podcast called Only Artists, where two different artists of any kind of medium, so writers and musicians and playwrights and visual artists and a whole bunch of people get paired up to talk to each other oh that's so and they've cool. never met and that's always really interesting i really love that yeah and then i've been reading quite a lot which is good it's nice to have all this time to like read yes yeah <laughs> just started reading the new olivia lane book called funny weather she's english kind of journalist and critic and writer Mm. and she wrote a book a few years ago called The Lonely City which I absolutely loved Mm. it's all about like collective loneliness oh that sounds so interesting it's really worth reading Mm. it's fantastic but this new book is like a collection of all her essays that she's written over the last few years is her like specialization in people and all that sort of stuff and artists she writes a lot about artists and interviews artists and kind of how art can be really meaningful and impactful in our lives yeah cool the architects bookshop in sydney i don't know if you've ever been there but they're closing down and it's so sad because every time i've gone to sydney i've gone into that shop um, yeah, and so I just got a bunch of books from them. I guess everyone, please go and get one book from Architects totally. Bookstore. Totally, support a local bookshop or record shop. Yeah, exactly. Sanford, Tasmania, or Tasmania yes. in general. I love the look of it. I've never been, but I really want to go, and I think oh. I'm going to go next year. Yeah. Um, how actually does Tasmania and being in Tasmania impact your <laughs> Uh, and have you seen a change in your art since moving down or? I don't think I have yet, but I feel like it's 
coming. Cool. I feel like there's something about being here that makes me feel very connected to the landscape and like connected to this place. We live on a ridge that overlooks a lagoon mm. and then past the lagoon there's like the ocean and there's hills everywhere. It's very picturesque. There's something very magical about the landscape here, which I feel is going to feed into my work at some point. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Which I've never, I've never really like called myself a landscape painter. I've never really painted landscapes. So I feel that's going to going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Well, that's amazing. And it sounds like it's a really special place and, and stuff like that. And I guess in a personal sense, how has it impacted you as well? Like, what have you been feeling since moving down and how is settling in and, and all that? Well, I guess the timing's been, like, pretty pretty wild in the sense that we moved here and then basically spent a month renovating our house so it was livable mm. from, from a shed into home. That's so crazy. Um, I really – it's – yeah how did what was the renovating process like because I've always wanted to build my own space hey and so that's just like that's just it was pretty hardcore considering we'd never done anything like it before we're like yeah we can do it (laughs) it'll be easy I was like yeah it'll take a couple of days for us to put the ceiling up Mm. which it did not it's like (laughs) three weeks yeah Yeah. Which you can see in the background. Yeah, it looks so cute. Ceiling. Is it what did um, you say, sorry? Is it wood? It's it's ply. Yeah. 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 It's cute. It looks really yeah, cute. Yeah, so it was pretty it was very challenging, but also I think we both Oscar and I both learnt a lot about working together. Yeah. <laughs> as a team. Cool. Did you have any help or was it mainly just you guys? It was mainly just us. Whoa. We had a bit of help from both our sets of parents. Jeez, mm. though. Nice. Yeah. No, that's so cool. And it sounds like families really, because obviously you live with, like your parents live on the same property as you um, mm. and stuff. It sounds like family is like a really big part of your, your life and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I suppose it is mm. at the moment, partly by, you know, I mean, I love my family, partly because we don't really have anyone else. <laughs> because we've been in a lockdown. We haven't seen anyone at all for like two months. Mm. And because of the timing of when we moved here, we haven't really had a chance to meet anyone in Tassie. Yeah. So we don't know anyone, all our kind of close friends and community are still back in Castlemaine. Mm. Um, so at the moment it's just been a very intense time spent with my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's so Which is crazy. lovely, but I mean I can't complain when when there's so many people who can't be with their family or Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't really complain about it. No. But it will be nice to meet new people I'm sure when that eventually yes. happens yeah it will definitely yeah be nice to meet some new <laughs> yeah if anyone's listening oh. <laughs> from Hobart yeah Soma Performance and Gallery Space is currently operating digitally via our Instagram at Soma AI underscore though we're calling in a physical space for performances and exhibitions when they're allowed that can also become a shopfront and studio space for artists in Melbourne and perhaps beyond. 
We currently have a GoFundMe page, which you can find linked through our website, www.soaai.co, or you can directly support the project by clicking the donate button via the website also. Thank you for your support and enjoy the rest of this episode. I've got heaps more questions to ask, but um, one thing that really struck me about your work is form and colour. What is Why do you shape the people the way that you do and what kind of informed your, your choices behind that? Yeah. Um, oh, I suppose... I don't know, I feel like my painting is often very instinctive and I'm, like, when I'm making it, I'm not thinking a whole lot about, like, oh, what colour would look good here? I'm just quite intuitive about colours and forms. Mm. And then I guess it's later on that I'll be like, "Mm, I don't like that and I'll go back into it and erase or, like, change it in some way. But I I suppose the forms of the people, I don't want them to necessarily, yeah, I don't, I don't want them to be specific people in the recent body of work anyway, that I've made, Mm. I was quite, I don't know, wanted them to be non-specific and not necessarily, I don't know, not necessarily human or something like they're human, but they're. I feel like because your your most recent works, I watched that video that Oscar shot of you mm. and you were saying that it was like about the bushfires that happened. Mm. Um, I feel like because it affected so many people, what mm. this is what I got from it, because it affected so many people, having them not being specific but in multiplicity reminds you of the fact that so many people were affected or like it's a it was an issue for for many people when when it was happening I suppose it's also easy to insert yourself into a work or like see yourself in it Mm. and see it as a mirror if if it's not specific yeah if you're looking at something and you're like that could have been me it's I don't know guess it's a way to bring people closer to the work make it more intimate. yeah 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 that's so that's so true your your work is like you know quite embodying you know what I mean like I think you know what I mean it, does that make sense like I yeah I definitely feel like I could be be there or see myself and or I just feel like at least that that the people that I'm looking at in your paintings, I'm, like, walking past them, you know what I mean? Or they're walking past me or I've seen them before. Really familiar and, yeah. What's what's that? That's that's (laughs) nice to hear. I mean, I always hope that they feel present or that people feel, like, I don't know, close close to them or that they're able to be enter into the painting in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so I don't know if that's true. It's, you know, every viewer is going to see something totally different in the work. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what I like about painting. Yeah. that's always bring, bring their, their own. own but I've always been curious <laughs> about, you know, like the choices that people make inside of painting. I think because I'm not very good 
a painting. So <laughs> I have the most questions to ask about it. Um, sure, it's not true. Oh, look, <laughs> I can do, I can do like a nice, neat flower pencil nice. drawing. I can do. I used to be able to do a dog, but I don't think I can anymore. Um, sure, yeah. you can. <laughs> Thank you. I I appreciate the um, the belief and the confidence in my skills, but yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll paint something and I'll send it to you and you um, can yeah. <laughs> um yeah, but for the most part, I don't. I would not consider myself a a painter or a or a drawing person. But I, and I think that's why I'm always so intrigued to know. Yeah, I guess the the deeper sort of meaning behind behind what's going on. Now, you recently just shared um, a smorgasbord of all of these artists on your Instagram story as well that obvious that you really really love and yeah. you know, do they I feel like their choices some of them really obviously inform the way that you create, which is really really cool. Um Yeah. Yeah, but well it's hard not to I think social media for all its flaws is also quite amazing you know mm. as we know in lots of ways yeah and instagram i've found is such a good platform for discovering like not discovering but you know finding new artists and yeah that i don't know and i think it's even quite a lot of young young painters who are making figurative work which I was like, I didn't realise there were so many people making figurative paintings because mm. when I was at VCA, it was, like, pretty uncool really? to make paintings, Just also stuff, unpla- let alone figurative yeah. paintings. So I feel like, you know, I'm like, wow, there's so many amazing painters everywhere. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm friends with them all. I love that. That's so – that's exactly what I think Instagram is, like – so amazing for um yeah yeah I'm I love it I love Instagram so much and so I guess just unpack what figurative painting is for us (laughs) figurative painting is just painting that has figures in it yeah (laughs) I guess people are what I'm interested in so the paintings that I'm drawn to pretty much all always have people in them Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, unpack what figurative painting is. It's yeah. got such a rich, long history mm. that it's pretty hard to condense down. Yeah. Yeah. What is a little bit of the history of figurative? I'm sure it's extensive, but oh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a history art, art history. history expert, <laughs> but I know that it's you know since the beginning of mark making people have depicted figures and people because that's you know in a way it's the most obvious thing to depict Mm. and it's such a good way of like telling stories and showing what's what's happening in the world through through people yeah yeah that's so true um yeah and i guess linking to the to the mark making and such do you feel that that specific type of work has influenced your work like sort of primitive you know uh drawing and and art pieces and stuff like that 
Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess everything that I've consumed and looked at in some way has probably influenced my work. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I look at so much art, not necessarily in the flesh and particularly not at the moment in the flesh, but mm. in books and on on the screen and, <laughs> you know, look at so much art, it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what is influencing you. I mean, some things I can be like, that's a direct thing I'm influenced by, like the stripes in that person, the way the person's painted that shirt mm. or something, but it could just be like a colour or the way that something's painted mm. subconsciously creeps into my brain and then comes out in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's... It's cool that so many things have, yeah, have influenced and do influence you, you know what I mean, as I'm sure, because it is in multiplicity, it's probably oscillating and and moving around and things are moving through and leaving and whatever, or influences to be exact are like moving through and and leaving and and all that sort of stuff, um, Mm. which is really, really cool. Another question. I have so many questions. I don't know why I keep. I'm like another question. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm really answering your questions. I'm just sort of waffling a bit. No, well, I think I don't. I don't think it's waffling. I think you know, like, and I think you're doing a really good job at answering <laughs> the questions for sure. Yeah, they're hard ones. How do you integrate environment into your art? Um, if you do do that, I feel like it's pretty. Your art isn't oh, – because it's centred around people, um, you know, it's not uh, really overt, the landscape and stuff like that most mm. of the time. But I, it's still there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, in some ways I think, like, I'd make the same paintings if I was in, you know, a small room in – Germany (laughs) than if that or if I was in like I don't know a beautiful forest location in Brazil yeah yeah (laughs) like in a way I'm like I'd probably still be painting people and I don't know making very similar work but I guess it does probably creep in like the environment that I'm in 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 subtle ways and like I was saying before I think being here in Tassie I think it's somehow gonna shift or affect the work Mm. yeah but sorry I'm talking in this like waffly somehow no no it's good (laughs) it there's definitely there's definitely a point to it for sure and yeah I it's it's all interesting to hear and because you know, and that's so profound that you feel that yeah, you would you would make, and I I don't know I don't know why, but I feel like you know that'd be true, you know you'd probably make the same art regardless or type of art regardless of where you were in the world, mm. which I yeah, and that's so interesting to me because I think I'm so heavily impacted by my surroundings like it Mm. is insane little like absolute tiny little things like the colors of the walls in the house that I live in and you know like the way things are laid out and yeah where I am in the world and all that sort of stuff really really deeply affect me and then what I decide to do um and so that 
comes through in my work heaps, I think. I often make mm. completely different... With music, I make completely different, um, yeah, songs oftentimes, locationally. Yeah. So we can write... Well, now that you say that, I'm like, maybe if I was living in a small box in Germany, <laughs> then it probably would affect the work because it would be affecting my mental state. Mm. And, you know, I'm looking around my house and thinking like, Actually, my environment is pretty important to, like, how I'm feeling. Yeah. And if I'm not feeling good, then, I don't know, that would surely come out in the work. So mm. I take back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, maybe... Maybe you said what you said initially because you have been living in spaces and environments that reflect where you're at like really accurately and so you felt comfortable and safe and mm. like free or liberated to and they reflect your mentality and and stuff like kind of really appropriately recently anyways yeah I mean the last like this house that we live in and the last house we live in lived in were both are both really beautiful spaces mm. with like this this space has tons of natural light and it's got a view with trees and the ocean it's like I can't really (laughs) I can't really imagine a nicer place to be in Mm. in lockdown in some ways so yeah yeah I think that definitely feeds into like my own productivity yeah I feel like I want to be more productive when I'm in a nicer space Mm. and how did you move into or how did you know what you wanted you know what I mean in your space Mm. that's like yeah (laughs) I feel like I still don't I'm I'm a terribly indecisive person so Mm. I go from being like yes I love it this is exactly what I want and then the next day I'm like I don't know about the salon hang, like too many <laughs> colours and patterns. Going on. Maybe we should take it down and yeah. one minimal thing up. And then the next day I'm like, no. Yeah, no, I, so I have like the same struggle. a lot between, you know, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if I could say I know what I want. Mm. But <laughs> do you, are there like, because I, I feel exactly the same. I feel exactly the same. And I think the journey that I'm on right now is figuring out what all of those things actually are like being able to define what why I'm making I'm like you know constantly intersecting between wanting more minimal stuff or wanting more things in general or wanting this or wanting that and whatever um yeah and like for me I guess if we talk about me personally with clothing like I've just Mm. come to realize that like fishermen from the 50s and you know older is like my I'm really drawn to that style (laughs) of like clothing yeah and um and for ages I never knew what it was and I'd never seen any photos but then when I saw photos I was like that's it (laughs) you know I'm like yeah that's it but then at the same time I really love like like clean cut, like minimal, like androgynous, you know, really yeah. mod core stuff as well. Um, but obviously a little bit less so, but I, I don't know, I still love it. And, you know, and so the intersection of those two things and this and the synthesizing of those two things is what makes 
what I decide to wear essentially. And so I guess, Mm. yeah, I guess what, what I'm curious about is like what concepts kind of have intersected to create the space that, or like your, yeah. Have you done travel? You've traveled heaps. Hey, as well. Yeah. I've traveled. Yeah. I've Mm. traveled quite a bit. I mean, (laughs) not like, you know, not like, oh, I visited every country in the world. Yeah. But I have, I've traveled a bit and, you know, been very lucky to do so. Mm. But I suppose our space at the moment is mainly filled with things that we collect. So there's like, we've got a big book collection and a big record collection. Mm. Um, I also love furniture, so I'm always hunting down furniture. Yes, what type? Um, What type? um, Well, we've got a few mid-century stuff. Yes, yes. We've got a campaign chair, which is... Whoa, what's that? It's like... A wooden frame with a fabric. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but it's got these distinct leather, um, like pieces of leather hanging for the arms. Oh, okay. if you look up campaign chair, you'll yeah, see I'll have to give it a browns. It sounds really cool. Um, but I got one of them recently mm. on marketplace, which Fun. I was pretty uh-huh. stoked about. Yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love anything that's well made and feels like it's had love put yeah. into it and handcrafted. So yeah. I'm always sort of searching for for things like that. That's so cool. Yeah. But and I feel... Yeah, I don't know if there's any particular style that that's informed or the space. It's just kind of what it is. Mm. Yeah. That's, no, I will, I feel like... You know, yeah, I don't know. That's so cool. I really love that. Um, Especially, you know, like the things that have had love, you know, obvious love and stuff uh, put into it because I think that's so, yeah. I think that's something that I forget a lot (laughs) with things or like I just forget that that's the reason why I would choose something and so I don't, I don't understand why I'm drawn to something and then, yeah, that's oftentimes the reason. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's lots of things that I like. I'm like, why do I like this so much? Yeah. And then months later I'll be like, oh, I really like the colour. <laughs> I don't like this part of it, this yeah. part of it. Exactly. Which, you know. Yeah. No, that's so cool. Um, so I just have a few more questions. Uh, we'll probably mm-hmm. wrap it up pretty soon. Uh, what are some physical propellants of creation or for creating for you? Ooh. Mm. Some physical propellants. Yeah, like what in what it like invigorates what propels you. Me. Mm. Um, well, at the moment, I've been trying to move my body more. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> literally physically (laughs) do more like yoga and feel more connected to like the way that I move and Mm. um I don't know if that really impacts my work but I suppose there's something very there's something inherently physical about painting which is and that's why I like painting big often because it's, it's a very physical thing to to paint a really big painting. Mm. Yeah. 
That's really cool. I don't know. What's the what words did you say? Physical propellant. Mm. Yes. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, Are there things just in your everyday that that would be propellant for you? Like, I feel like once again with music or or whatever. Um, I think you know. I think we're pretty similar in the sense that things that we see affect or have an affectation on the work that we put out you know what I mean and and stuff like that like being very visual learners and visually stimulated people yeah but I think uh for me a lot of the really intimate moments that I share with other people and intimate meaning like just it's usually I usually I guess that's just one on one one on time one time that yeah. I spend with other people, not uh, like romantic. No, intimate, yeah, just one on one time, um, you know, and and specific conversations. Sometimes mm. usually conversations about whatever they're going through or whatever that is going on for them, and me having a moment where I realize myself inside of what they're talking about. I think I often write songs and stuff with lyrics about that sort of thing so, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are my everyday things mm. but I guess that's not really everyday is it because it's very specific um and especially right now we don't really have I don't really have that luxury at least to be really you know like immersed in in other people and be conversing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, So, um, yeah, that's all good. Um, Yeah. And I guess, you know, lastly, uh, how did lifestyle changes impact your work and your approach to creating Um, consciously or subconsciously Mm. do you mean lifestyle changes like in relation to right now with COVID-19 um I guess well it could be in general anything that's happened like if things have happened or yeah it could be COVID because that's obviously a really large thing so yeah whatever you consider um well I suppose the the major one in some ways over the last couple of years was moving from the city out to the country, mm. um, moving from Melbourne to Castlemaine. Yep. was a big lifestyle change. And I guess how that affected the work might even be just quite literally that I had more time to make work because mm. I was worrying less about having lots of money to, like, pay rent and... Yeah. Um, so I suppose I was spending more time making work in my studio. Yeah. And developing my practice more. Yeah, cool. Um, Having that time is so important, hey? Like, just to... Yeah, just making time and, like, I don't know. I get the last few years I think I've really started to implement the idea of having a practice that mm-hmm. I have to practice doing painting every day yeah. to get good at it. Like, yeah. I'm really like I have to practice. I love that. <laughs> like learning an instrument. Like it's, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like maybe you're, you know, because you obviously studied, 
you know, and did the degree and degree in mm. visual art. I feel like maybe that's informed that idea around it for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, going from studying and like painting five days a week in the studio, I think that it kind of gets not drilled into you, but you're told like this is how you should be. Like this is how to be an artist if you really want to. Yeah, um, do it, do to, that. You've got to practice it. Yeah, yeah, so important. Thank you so much, Georgia, for speaking today. I've really enjoyed it and just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can find Georgia over on her Instagram at Georgia Spainer and links to any resources mentioned throughout the episode on our website, www.somaai.co. Thank you for tuning in.